Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Hello, I hope you're ready for another fun episode. On today's episode, I'm really excited because I get to bring on one of my oldest and best friends, Haley Flanagan, who I'd say is exploring the world of sustainability, and she's still got some lingering questions. So we thought we would work through some of those together and kind of bring you along. Would you say that sounds about right, Haley? (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah. So let's dig right in. You know, what are the biggest challenges that you would say that you've had with sustainable living so far? I think my biggest challenge is like, is it actually worth doing? I feel like there's a lot of conflicting things out there that are like, you know, you can do this, but it's not actually going to help until you do it for the bazillionth time. And I feel like we're only on this, you know, world for so long. Like there's no way that in a lifetime you're going to really make a difference, I guess, is what I always um, struggle with. Yes. Well, one of the things that like, you know, a lot of stuff is just pushing out more consumption. So a lot of people feel like to be more sustainable, you've got to buy sustainable products. And that's part of the way that we waste so much is because when we're making all these new products to try to help us be more sustainable, yes, it's it's wasting water and it's um, having to go through the production life cycle. But one of the ways to kind of avoid that is to use items that you already have in your house that have already been produced um, to try to cut down on that. So the big things are, what is it? Reduce, reuse, and recycle. So trying to reuse anything that you have is one of the biggest things that a lot of people kind of forget about. They just think that they can recycle and that's enough. But um, being able to reuse not only our items, but other people's as well. So if you go, you can a lot of times find these things at a, at a thrift shop or on Facebook Marketplace, or there's tons of apps out there now that can help to find what you need um, without having to add more to what is pre- being produced. So that's that's one way to kind of think of it. And anybody can make a difference. I mean, it, the little things really, truly do add up over time. Um, it is going to take a lot of sustainable people out there to make that change. But I think we're heading in that direction. And companies definitely are taking notice with that. So that will help to so what's the other challenges that you've got? I think the one of the biggest challenges is like, I, I don't think anyone really knows like how to recycle. I feel like there's so many rules. Like the biggest thing that just took me back was the whole pizza box thing. Like <laughs> they can't even recycle those. And I've saved so many pizza boxes to be recycled. And then I found out that it was all a waste of time. So I guess like the rules, like how do you think that we could get better resources to be able to learn how to recycle, especially in like smaller communities or just make it easier in general to be able to 
to do it without, I guess, messing up and then finding out that you wasted your time <laughs> in general. I would say that there's no messing up when it comes to trying. <laughs> like, true. as long as you're trying, then you're doing something that's good. The recycling rules, I mean, you kind of learn that. Like, you tried to recycle something and now you know that it can't be recycled. So that's one thing that's like you're already trying to, you know, by, by practice, you're learning what's going to work and what isn't. I do feel like that there are a lot of recycling rules, we'll call them, that most people don't understand. And I feel like that local governments really could work on trying to explain to the city and, and trying to explain what they can recycle and what they can't recycle. I'll come up with some items that you can recycle and that you can't recycle and I'll post them to the Hometown Earth Instagram feed. So that way, hopefully it might help you to unpack that a little bit more. Um, I know that even the numbers that are on all the different plastics, like there's, I don't even know how many, yeah. but that's kind of confusing because you're like, okay, let me first off try to like navigate this bottle to try to find what number it has on it and then figure out what to do with it at that point. So yeah, it is something that is going to take a little bit of time to learn, but I'll try to come up with some resources to help you navigate that and help everybody to navigate that. And then, so what is your reasoning to want to try to reduce your waste? My biggest thing is just like to reduce the amount of trash I have. My mom has always said we are the trashiest people because <laughs> like we always have like the four trash bags. And like now it's just me and my significant other just living together. And I still have as much trash as I did when I lived in a family of five. And I just like feel like I just, I don't know. I just want to know what can I do to like reduce my trash because not really just to recycle and be sustainable, but the biggest thing is I'm just tired of all the trash (laughs) bags, which I know is very selfish, but I think that's how a lot of people feel is just like, why, you know, how can we get rid of so much trash in our house? I'm just kind of over the whole, yeah, you know, over all the trash, (laughs) literally trashy. (laughs) Yes. Some of the biggest things that I know that we have found whenever we're, we reduced our amount of waste in the household and like got down to one trash bag a week sometimes we don't even have to take it out that often is just trying to reduce the amount of food that goes into the waste so it takes up a it actually takes up a lot of space in your trash can when you're throwing away food so we started to compost and I know that seems like something that's very difficult but I know a ton of people that do it you know with one little bin in their apartments trying to help with just like food planning is a big thing with trying to reduce how much you're buying and then realizing oh crap I didn't get to get to that in the back of my fridge and then throwing it in the trash can so little things like that and then obviously yes recycling and trying to re reuse the items that you have in your house instead of trying to buy new things kind of can help with some of those um, wasteful items. One of my biggest issues I feel like that a lot of people probably deal with who aren't, you know, well-versed in the whole sustainability situation is um, the terminology can be very confusing. I mean, the other day when I just went shopping for some vegan items, I couldn't even find (laughs) it. It was all just labeled so differently. So I think that that's probably one of the biggest problems too is, you know, what is eco-conscious versus sustainable? Um, So eco-conscious is kind of just showing concern for the environment. So it's kind of a broad topic that just means that you're interested in in the environment and you just want to like, you kind of have some concern towards it. Eco-friendly means um, that something isn't actively harming the environment. Um, green actually is a term that a lot of people like stamp on everything, but it's just anything that provides any noted benefits to the environment. 
And sustainability kind of takes it that extra step. So it's products and processes that provide all three, like environmental, social, and economic benefits, while also minimizing impacts on these systems through its whole life cycle. So let's say a product is made from renewable resources. It would be considered green, but if the processes and energy it took to make that product takes more than it gives back, it's actually not sustainable. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that I've been like, when I sit watch videos on it, it's like, you have to think of how that item was made. Right. Even though it could be using all these great materials, but still it's using so much water, electricity. Exactly. And it could be, you know, doing more harm than good. Exactly. And it's the end of its life too. The end of its life, if it's not like biodegrading, then it's really not sustainable because there's still somewhere that it has to go into a landfill if yeah. you can't figure out a place for it to go. So that's one thing to think about too. And to add that to, to the next level, um, a term that a lot of people have been talking about lately is regenerative sustainability. It takes sustainability in general kind of to the next level because, you know, sustainability says, well, we just want to kind of keep it at zero. Like whatever we're taking, we want to make sure we give it back and kind of keep everything sustained. But regenerative sustainability is just let's leave things better than how we found it. So let's try to come up with processes that that improve and give back even more so than just keeping things at net zero. So if you're in the grocery store, there's a lot of things that that can come up with grocery store stuff. I know like natural versus organic is something that a lot of people see on a bunch of items that are confusing. Is that something that you saw in the grocery store? Yes. <laughs> like, how can it be natural, but not organic? I guess is my biggest question on that. Right. So that natural is kind of a loose term that companies can use to put on their food labels or any kind of label. Since there's not a standard definition for it, it kind of has the same properties of organic. The FDA actually says natural means that there are no artificial colors or flavors, hmm. but doesn't address any of the production methods or processes that the term organic does. Organic means that something, whether that's food, beauty products, or any agricultural products, that it isn't genetically modified. So that's where the term GMO comes from. A lot of people talk about GMOs. So it just means that it do isn't genetically modified. It isn't sprayed with toxic pesticides. And there's no synthetic growth hormones. But it also means that it doesn't have any of those artificial ingredients or preservatives, which is what natural is tended to mean. So natural is just like a basic thing that you can go for, but organic really just takes it that step further and addresses the whole life cycle of how it's made. So, so if you like have your own garden in the backyard, it could be natural, but it's not necessarily organic. Because, I mean, if you use like seven dust and yeah. stuff like that, I mean. <laughs> True. Yeah, I guess exactly. like Because I was trying to do that this summer and I felt like, I mean, I got a swarm of bugs on it. And honestly, <laughs> after like looking it up, it was like, you can have just bugs the, on the Use the, the pesticides. Yeah. It was saying to use it, but I could have just waited it out and right. had organic vegetables and stuff. Exactly. And it would have been fine instead of using the pesticide. But I feel like everyone thinks that if it's ugly, then you, you know, right. it's not good. But I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It is it's the same, same thing. And yeah, and if you're growing in your backyard, there's plenty of things like I think neem oil is one thing that's like an underrated oil. You can yeah. use it and it kills like a lot naturally, like 
fends off a lot of these insects that would right. typically harm your harm your home garden. So yeah, that's something to think about. And then even if you're looking at like free range versus like cage free eggs, I know I've seen that a million times in a grocery store and not really known the difference. Yeah. But it sounds about the same, but cage free means that the animals are still never allowed to go outside, even though they're like, you know, case free they're not in a cage they're still not seeing outside while range free they are so that's another like definition Hmm. that's you know not really talked about that much and um, I would say that even people get plant-based versus vegan confused because plant-based means you're predominantly consuming plants but you can still choose to eat some animal products so a lot of people even say like whole food, plant-based diet. That's what the diet that they're on. And I hate even using the word diet. Yeah, (laughs) It's a lifestyle. (laughs) But yeah, some of those people are still eating animal products. But veganism is actually the elimination of all of those animal products and relying fully on plants for sustaining your diet. So I guess the next thing that's a big issue, I feel like growing up, one, people would think you were weird from where from if you were (laughs) vegan. And then two, it's just like there's not very many like resources for you to be able to go out and like purchase vegan items. Like I never even knew there was vegan cheese until you went vegan or that there was meat that tasted, you know, if not (laughs) just the same until you went vegan. So like a lot of stuff is just like, it was so foreign to me because I don't remember growing up and anyone being vegan or it being a thing until, you know, I feel like as we got older and everyone started realizing that we moved off and we got more options. That was what it was. It's like, we had the ability to kind of go to a new town and see what what other people were doing which we never had that before like I went home one time and for those listening it's the only local restaurant in town (laughs) and asked for something to be made vegan which is just you know I was like no dairy or no meat (laughs) products please and they were like so confused I mean they had me go back in the kitchen to explain (laughs) what it was that I actually like meant by that and I mean they ended up making it was a great meal but it was just you know, there was no local knowledge there. Like no one had asked for that before. So they didn't know. So it's just like, it's kind of the culture affects our local knowledge and kind of the consumption patterns that we have, which I know we've kind of mentioned even before, like there's no options to even recycle at home if you wanted to do that. So I asked my little sister, like, can you, you know, why don't you recycle just because I was curious and she was like, well, we don't know where it's at. And then I asked Lena, I was like, you know, I asked, and she's like, there isn't even a recycling place in the town that we're from. Yeah. So it just blew my mind that there's not even an yeah. option for them to do that. Yeah. General. Even if you wanted to recycle your like aluminum cans, you'd still have to drive 30 minutes yes. out of state to get to a recycling Which place. Which I've done that. I took my kids <laughs> and got some money for it once. Heck yeah. But that's the extent of recycling when I was in high school was just like, so I can make some money before exactly. I went to college. Yeah. Which I mean, there's like not a lot of options to recycle around the country. And I think it's not just like our hometown. I think it's rural places across the country. If you're not in like an urban area, it's really difficult to have that infrastructure in place. And I think that's something that would take local government support to try to accomplish, you know, the individual effort still comes in because there has to be enough people like willing and asking for this in order to like have people take advantage, you know, take notice rather and uh, make that change happen. So I think, you know, I remember my grandma grew a lot of food in her backyard. Um, It was just the era of that time. I feel like you 
your family probably kind of did the same. Your grandma might have yes, done that. Sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, when fast food popped up, it kind of gave everybody like a quick and cheap option for food. And, you know, our consumption patterns down down at home in these rural areas kind of drastically changed, I feel like. And um, there's more fast food restaurants than, than most local places now. Um, so it's just like, you know, even growing up, like I'm pretty sure I fully funded the McDonald's that <laughs> was close to our hometown because it was just so quick and easy. But just, with that, with that, I would say, I guess just to like take like back home like back on this like my mom cooked every day so right. like she ne- we never ate out versus you know maybe you did but like right I get that's something that my mom I would say contributed to the sustainability thing is right. like cooking your own food. yes and yeah. she used every bit of that food like we wouldn't even have leftovers because everything oh, yeah. was a she like planned it out every week planned perfectly like how much we were going to eat that's awesome we didn't have leftovers it wasn't allowed you had to <laughs> eat that food but I think that's like a big thing too rural areas maybe you know they don't see such a big waste sometimes because they don't have fast food right. sometimes or they don't That's have so restaurants yeah. so they it's sad that they don't have the better food choices when they do go to the store because they are having to cook at home a lot of the time right too. and I mean I think that kind of is going in I've talked to you before about like food deserts and yeah. like the options so um you know food deserts are kind of an area where uh, you don't have direct availability or for good, like quality, fresh food. So sometimes it means that you live more than 10 miles away from a supermarket, not yeah. just like a grocery store, a supermarket where um, like, you know, normally there might be limited options of grocery stores in your area. And there's about 23.5 million people in the United States that live in a food desert and half of those are low income. So it makes it really hard to like, like you're saying, to to go and get the whole foods that you're needing to make yeah. food for your family. Or even if you have those dietary restrictions to be able to, to satisfy those because you can't get somewhere else. And a lot of people just don't have a choice on what foods they they're buying or, you know, there's no variety. So like you might go to a local grocery store and there's one brand for everything pretty yeah. much. So it makes it a little bit difficult, but then you uh, like, it's kind of ingrained. Like people don't realize that there are other options because they've never been given other options, you know, at home. Like if we, if you wanted to go to like a supermarket, which would be the Walmart mm-hmm. or Kroger, you'd have to drive 15 miles, go across state lines again to try to like get to something where you have more options for those fruits and vegetables. Um, even the meat section like is is completely different. Yes. <laughs> in, a, in an area where it's like more options. And oh, I've been to that meat section before and been kind of scared. Like my parents had to buy a cow, you know, oh my you gosh, know what I mean? Yes. So that they could have good meat because <laughs> it was like questionable if that stuff was, you know, real or not or, you know, what was going on. There. Right. So exactly. It's rough. Yeah, it is rough. But I mean, like part of that is, you know, like it's a learned behavior from our from our culture. Like your parents taught you to make those foods and yeah. like make that last and mine didn't. So that's <laughs> part of it too, is just like our habits that we have grown up with and what unless we like try to explore other options, we might not ever do so. So it's it's you gotta kinda have that thought provoking moment I guess to help you to look into those other options but even like imagine if McDonald's changed their their whole thing to all their packaging being biodegradable or more sustainable like think of the difference that that would make where people didn't even have to think about it 
they're already yeah. doing their same patterns. Like that would change the world. Honestly. And it's crazy that they don't do that. Yeah, already. it is. Like it's wild to me that they're not, I don't know. I hate that. I hate when government takes control of stuff to an extent. Yeah. I think everyone should be free to do what they want, but you know, you would think that if it's as bad as it is, if it makes that, sense, then, then if it's an easy fix that maybe we can help, you know, right. enforce some like codes to where it has to be. Yeah. Kind of like other states do that are, more progressive but you know just getting rid of plastic bags and stuff right. like that if yeah. they could just do little things like that nationwide since mcdonald's is all over the place they could <laughs> definitely make a huge impact they're on every corner yes. <laughs> and it also could like you know when people see it's biodegradable it might have people ask questions that's like, so true you know like hey maybe i should you know look in like what is this yeah. what's going on and it could put, maybe help them make better choices well even like at starbucks or mcdonald's or burger king they're coming up with some options now for like yeah. impossible burgers or breakfast sandwiches and i really think that that has sparked interest in people because yes. they're like what the heck is this what makes it an yeah. impossible burger <laughs> um so you're totally right i feel like it does help to like when it's talked about at a, a, a grander scale than people who are consuming those products that may have never been prompted to think about it before are, are having those thoughts. So yes, that's yes. so true. So I guess like one of my big things is like how I feel. It's like, you know, even if I have kids in the world's ending, like I'm not going to be here, which Gosh. is a very <laughs> selfish, like horrible thing to yeah, say, exactly. but it's like, I could die tomorrow. And like, I feel like sometimes it's like, is it worth this extra stress or, you know, you know, it might not be stress to some, but sometimes I'm just like overwhelmed. I don't really, I mean, like, why does it matter? I'm a very like, oh, well type of person when things like happen, I'm usually just like, oh, well, you know, and I feel like that's how I feel about the whole, like, you know, everyone's like, we have this long before the world's, you know, going to be in trouble. And I'm like, I mean, we're not going to be here. Like, I'm going to be gone. Like, who cares? I guess you really have to have like, I mean, it is about how people feel about, uh, I don't know, I guess it's emotional thing. That's more of anything. And like a lot of people, you know, you can't blame them. They just don't have that emotional feel to it. And I'm not a super like, you know, sometimes it's hard to have my feelings come out and stuff. You're a little bit of a selfish person. And that's okay. I'm like Like, super selfish. So sometimes I'm like, I don't give I don't care. Like I'm just gonna do what I want that makes me happy at that time. Right. Because I feel like we always say Haley does what Haley wants. And that is like (laughs) how I am. I'm like, who cares? Like I'm gonna buy use all this packaging and you know, do whatever because like it's not my problem, I guess is the thing. You're right. Well I mean you even started that out with like your family. So I mean I think that's one thing that like most people you can't get around that. Like, even if it's, it's just the legacy of like, you want your family to have somewhere to, to live and yes. to be and to, to not be um, struggling for food or resources. So I think bringing it home in that aspect, like, um, which, I mean, some people don't even have that, but yeah. maybe it's just, you know, the knowledge that you're passing on. How to I make people know. care, I guess, is the big thing. It's yeah, not even how to I make mean, people care. But like, I guess you could always make it selfish. Like, I know when me and you started looking into it a little bit, I was definitely not on the scale that you were, but it was like acne. We had the worst acne. <laughs> and I think like we yeah, got to tell everybody that. <laughs> but you we, know, should, we, look, we look bad like oh, Lord. huge pimples on our face and we were just like i mean it was definitely our diet it was horrible oh, i mean yeah. so much dairy cheese like queso dip we were right. there just you know just all those things i think that were just like hurting us even like facial right. products that were like so toxic i didn't realize was in it and now yeah. it's like my whole like the past year my facial routine like how I eat, like, I just make sure I'm not taking in too much dairy. I feel like I have, like, a leveling off point on that. But right. just making, like, 
better choices in general. I think it was a very selfish reason that, you know, that I did it at least. But I think that's the biggest thing. I think we have to make it more of a selfish thing for For people to care to be more involved. Well, I, I that's one of the reasons like I kind of went vegan. I went, I looked into it for environmental reasons. Like I was wanting to help the earth and yeah. wanted to do all that, um, help the animals. And then I was really researching how much it helped my health, like how all of these, you know, diseases and you can almost like prevent any heart disease from happening to you. You can reverse, oh, you know, some of these diseases by eating plant-based yes. or like whole foods or <laughs> no animal products. Um, so it did, it did make it personal for me. Cause it was just like, once I knew that and for my own personal health, like I'm like, hell yeah, I want to live till I'm a hundred years old. And the yes. only way I'm going to do that without worrying about <laughs> getting sick is to eat better. Right. And same thing with like the products that we're putting on, on our skin and our our body it's just like once you start looking into what that actually is like doing to your pro like your internal system like it is crazy so yeah once you make it personal like that Mm -hmm. like i really feel like that does make a difference for people even if they're not doing it for the world even if they're not doing it for their neighbors (laughs) they can do it for themselves so that's such a good point yes so i guess like as someone that wants to start like making these decisions what do you wish you would have known before you started the whole process in general one of the things I'd say is there's like a lot of guilt and shame that kind of surrounds whenever you're learning about these things. Um, you realize how much of your waste is actually like harming the earth and even yourself, like we were just talking about. So it kind of led me to like paralysis on some stuff because I love fashion and I was so scared to buy anything because I was just like, I'm going to buy the wrong thing. I'm going to hurt the earth. <laughs> like it just kind of led to that, like those guilty feelings. But if I would have just sat down and thought like of this is something that it, it does develop over time and it takes the trial and error that happens from, you know, just human nature when you're learning anything. So one thing that I really wish I would have known is just like give myself a little bit of grace through the process. Well, with that, I just want to say that like one weekend, we went to New York City. We had us a girls weekend and Lena had been talking about being vegan. <laughs> we were talking about dairy and like ha- different things that she was she was already working on, you know, being more sustainable. But she was like, I'm going to be vegan starting tomorrow. <laughs> like this is the, if this is like she didn't care, like she didn't have to plan anything out. She was just like, I'm going to do my research. And when I get back and literally on our way home, she was getting impossible breakfast sandwiches and like she had just started and she's like never looked back. So I guess that has been the most like hopeful thing for me is like, if you you can do it, just do it. It's like, it takes work. Like it is hard, but it's, it's hard to be unhealthy too at at the same time. So you just have to pick what hard you want to, you know, do. And I think that comes back to being the selfish is like, you know, I have to realize it is hard to do these these things you just have to pick what hard that you want to go with for the rest of your life right and why not you know make it benefit you and others in, the, so in the long run for everything that's so true yes <laughs> i love it <laughs> you're really bringing some stuff out yes. of me today <laughs> yeah i remember that trip i was literally like in the airport like okay let's do this and i was like watching documentaries trying to like do research and i was like looking around like how do these people not know this like do y'all see what i'm seeing on my ipad right now so <laughs> Anyways, let's play this or that. Okay, let's see. These are these are kind of random because it's someone who's not really, you know, sustainable yet. So they might be a little crazy questions to others. <laughs> but, you know, it's just things that came to my mind. This one might be an easy one. But do you think like hand washing or dishwashing? Because like hand washing, I feel like 
I mean, you do keep that water on for a long time. Right. Um, but I mean, I feel like you're still using a lot of water for maybe smaller batches and then dishwashing. It's like a one huge batch right. at a time. And you might run it like once a week versus washing your dishes every day. Right. So like, I think it it's definitely better to use your dishwasher, which I feel like most people would, I was kind of surprised. Yes. About. I would think it was hand wash. Right. Because a lot of the times like you're running that water. So like the EPA says we should use the dishwasher just because it can save up to 340 gallons of water a year. So a lot of like what people do, like say for instance, a lot of people will fill up one side or with water and that's even a lot of the times like uses more water when you're rinsing. So like say you are soaking it over here on one side and then you take it to the other side to rinse. You're using a lot more than say a dishwasher that has a certain amount of water. It might use three and a half gallons yeah. um, every time you run it. So as long as you're running it like a full load and not just like half loads, then I definitely would say it's better to use the dishwasher. I know sometimes like the energy efficient ones even have where you can do like smaller loads and it will reduce the amount of water that it's pushing out into your dishwasher. I do not have one of those (laughs) fancy ones. I know a lot of people don't, but yeah, either way it saves a ton of water by using the dishwasher if you use it when it's full. Yeah, correctly. Which that's a selfish thing. Like you yeah. wash some dishes. So And it saves you money. Yes. Like that's another thing is it's like crazy. it saves so much money for your own bills <laughs> every yes. every month. If you could and yearly it adds up. So So this one I'm I wanna know what this answer is because <laughs> this one's gonna be questionable. Garbage disposal, which I would say would be the best option, but or just put your food in the trash can. So I'm going to say neither. <laughs> a trick question on there. Um, so, you know, when you put your food in the trash can, it literally goes straight to the landfill. And a lot of people think, oh, well, it's like food. It, it'll biodegrade in a landfill quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's like not the case. It actually like entombs itself. And then those methane gases just like build up. It's definitely not good to throw your trash in the landfill. We'll start off by saying that. It's better to use the garbage disposal. Um, Where's it going? So that's a good question. (laughs) It actually like goes through to your local wastewater treatment system. So a lot of people like you can only put, you know, your organics, like straight up stuff that is biodegradable in the garbage disposal. So if don't be putting, (laughs) don't be putting like grease and anything else that like, you know, your avocado pits or anything like that. Like don't put that in your garbage disposal because that just like clogs up the whole system. So that's like another thing. Like if it goes to the wastewater treatment center, they can kind of collect it all and then they can sometimes use it for fertilizer if they have set it up that way. So that's one thing. It's like a little bit better because it's all going to one place. It's like getting treated. But a lot of the times it still goes to a landfill. Mm. It puts a lot of strain on your local water system because when a lot of people put all that stuff in their their garbage disposal, then you've got like city costs that might cost you know, it might increase your taxes because everybody's putting everything <laughs> in their dishwasher, you know, in their, yeah. not their dishwasher, in their sink, and it's adding up on costs. So the best thing, obviously, to do is to try to compost. And even better than that is just to try to reduce the amount of waste in general that you have. So trying to do the meal planning, making sure that if you're making something, you use all the leftovers. And I think that's a big thing. I know a lot of the times 
one thing that I've found is like, say if I go and buy something from the grocery store that I already have, instead of just sticking it in there, I'll stick it in the back. So that way I know to grab what's going bad first. Yeah. And that just kind of, it's like a small thing, but it really helps to like reduce that waste you have. Cause then you're not like, oh crap, a whole bag of tomatoes just went bad yeah. in the back of my, <laughs> in the back of my fridge. So. <laughs> so this one is like a confession that's kind of dirty that I don't really want to make, but I'm going to do it for sustainability <laughs> sakes of the earth. Um, so like when I was in college or whatever, and I think when I lived with you, I would just like not flush the toilet. Like I would just wait till like the end of the day and flush it if I peed. Like if I did, yeah, you know, the other thing, like, no, I'm going to flush that. But like if it's just clear pee or just like barely yellow, like I'm just going to leave it there if I if it's not smelling. So like, what do you think? Do you think it's even like putting a big enough dent in it to even like make it one flush a day versus flushing multiple times a day in general? Right. Yeah, it actually can save like, you know, nine or 10 gallons of water per day if you don't flush it every single hmm. time. So it's pretty indulgent that, that, is. that we do that, that we huh. flush every single time. So good job for you yes. <laughs> for not flushing it. all the time. So yeah, if you're going number two, definitely <laughs> just flush. flush it down. Let's let's get rid of it. But if you're just peeing, like it's really not that big of a deal to leave it. It's like, it's a clean thing truly yeah. that like comes out of our bodies. As long as you're not leaving it in there for an extended Days. period of time, yeah, it can grow back bacteria but I've seen even like hacks where people will fill up like a water bottle and put it in the tank of their toilet tank uh-huh. and um, it fills up with less water so like don't put it near the flapper but you know it just kind of senses that it's full to the top with oh. water and so you then it's running less water whenever you're flushing it yeah. and you just don't even have to think oh. about it so that's another little tip that might help I know I haven't done it yet but I'm planning on it so we'll see Now, this one is something that, like, I mean, I would guess that, like, shopping at the store would be more sustainable than buying online. Um, But I guess that's a big thing. I feel like buying online is so huge right now. And, like, yes, we're in a pandemic, but it could be, like, causing way more, like, problems in the long run than what this pandemic is in general. So what do you think? They both have their pros and cons. Um, The big thing I would say is even if you're buying online or you know, going to the store, somebody is driving that product from here to there. So that's kind of unfortunate. Big thing is like the packaging. Um, I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit is, you know, if you go to the store, a lot of the stuff, yes, it is in packaging that's not good for the environment. But a lot of the times if it comes from, um, you know, like Amazon, some of these big companies, it is just like packed to the brim with a package inside of a package, inside of another package. Um, that's all something that you have to throw in the trash. But that can also be said if you're online shopping, maybe buy from like local artisans or maybe buy, even if you're buying shopping for like Christmas or something like that, maybe you buy from Etsy. A lot of those places, they ship things in compostable packaging. So you can see that like on different companies' websites. A lot of things that I look at if I'm buying online is I'll go to, it's close to their about section and it'll talk about their sustainability. So maybe not buying from the huge conglomerates, but the individual websites and just being smart about who you're buying from. What's the end of life on these products and um, how do they package it and how do they ship it to you? So some companies even have like net zero emissions. So they factor in that product getting to you when they're making it. So that way they can try to like make it more efficient and sustainable in the long run. So sound good to you? Everything you wanted to talk about? I think so. Okay. 
Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Haley. Thank you. I learned a lot and I feel <laughs> like I have a better better understanding of like yeah. what I need to be doing moving forward to make it work. I feel like we should have you on in like six months and yep. just kind of see what's changed. <laughs> Maybe a year. I'll give you a year. How about that? <laughs> and we'll just kind of see what's different in your life now, you know, for trying some of these things. So I feel like it is something that once you know it, it's hard to unknow it. Mm-hmm. So um, just learning at all. It's like incorporating little things into your routine and you're going to be making a difference. I hope you had as much fun with Haley as I did. I know it was pretty eye-opening for me, so be sure you stay tuned for the next time she comes on to the show. This week, Something to Grow On is a quote from Katrina Mayer that says, the people who make the biggest difference are the ones who do the little things consistently. So this week, I hope you feel confident knowing that you can start to tackle some of these big changes with small, consistent changes. And remember to give yourself a little grace along the way. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details and let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram, at Hometown Earth, or connect with me at Lena Sanford. We all know change needs to happen, so let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.